Amen. 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 Great to be with you today. Glad that you are here with us in-house and online. We want to share what God has for us today and all that we are doing and all he has planned for us. So a couple things I want to say thank you to Pastor Rick and how I'm filling in last week and you all know um, that I had COVID for a little bit there and just uh, glad to be back and pretty normal feeling now, whatever that is. Um, glad that we are on the mend and all that is good and I'm not, I'm not contagious or anything. I'm past all that quarantine stuff. So just so you know, um, I'm grateful to be with you and just saying like before, we told you that everybody's going to get their turn. So might as well just step up and make it happen. You know, it's spreading through. It's been through this first wave. We didn't hardly have anybody get sick in the church. And this time it seems like it's pretty much going through everybody. So grateful that we have, um, all that that it is and, we're here. God's good all the time. We were just singing that song, It Is Well With My Soul. And uh, some of you that maybe like the old hymns and stuff, that's Bethel's version. What they did is they took that old hymn, It Is Well With My Soul, and they added some stuff to it and used parts of it, and it's beautiful. It's a great song. The old hymn that was written was written in a time of life that was uh, very difficult for the individual that wrote it. He was over in uh, um, England, I believe, and they were planning to come to America and he had plans and they had their t tickets bought to go on the ship and uh, the man couldn't leave and so he sent his family, his wife and kids ahead and that boat uh, wrecked and his family was lost in the ocean and uh, he was <laughs> left alone in this world so to speak, had his faith went across on the next ship that he came across on and asked the captain of the ship that when they came to the place where the ship had gone down, that the captain would come and get him so that he could come up on the deck and be out there. They did, and as he was there and he was spending that time right there on the water, he wrote that hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. And you know, as he wrote those words, I'm sharing that with you because, you know, the different experiences and encounters that we have in life, only God can bring us peace in the midst of a storm. Only God can provide the things that take us through the most difficult of days. Even as Ashley was just talking about Loyal and his condition and his physical and all that's going on in his life and the fact that even in the beginning of his life, he spent most of the days in the hospital and all that was happening there and whatever the future holds for him as he's facing heart surgery in the next year and all that, that it is well with my soul. It's like God's got us, man. He's going to take us through everything we face. You know, as we were at home and struggling with this stuff that's going around, and uh, I know even myself as a kid, I spent a lot of time in the hospital. Um, you guys probably don't know that about me, but I was uh, very prone to pneumonia and lung issues. And I spent some time back then, they had oxygen tents they put you in as a little kid. And uh, pictures of myself when I was little for the first few years of my life that I spent in the hospital in little tents getting oxygen and that. And so as we were going through this, and I was like, you know, it's so good to know that everything's right with your heart. Like you're not like having to fix things worried about what if you're not there tomorrow or what's happening, but that you can have that assurance of God knowing not only you're right with God, but things are right in your life and in the world around you that God has you and he's got you right where he wants you to be. And it's like that calm assurance of God's goodness and his grace is amazing. It really is, man. And if you don't know Jesus, you need to know him, man. There is nothing that will bring you the peace that God brings to us through Jesus Christ. Nothing in this world will do it. 
Everything out there is fleeting. There's chaos in the world, of course. You know all that stuff. There's stuff going on all around us, and it's not going to stop. It's never going to end, the junk that's happening out there. Everything is going to go on, and stuff's going to get broken, including us. But God is good, and he's going to take us through everything we face in life. He is good no matter what, no matter the outcome. We're all going to end up in the same place, either well, I mean, in this respect, in this life, we're all going to end up in the same place. We're going to take our turn dying. And we're going to either end up in heaven or hell. We have that choice. God's given it to us. He's like, it's up to you what you want to do. I'm making a way for you to get out of here. You can take it, which is Jesus. And if not, then you're taking your own ticket and punching it in the other direction. It's your choice. God's like, I got this, and I have you here. It's available. And all because of Jesus. It all happened on that night in Bethlehem long ago. We read the scriptures to you today. That night there were shepherds staying in the field nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. Isn't that awesome? Church, look, just think about it. Just a normal day in life, just doing your job. You're just there working down there at Raytheon or wherever you're at, the hospital room. And just things are normal and just going on like every other day. And all of a sudden the glory of God shows up. And there's a messenger from God in heaven speaking a message. And in that moment, they weren't like, hey, I've been saying like, when have you been? It's about time you showed up. What's the problem? I've been dealing with so much stuff. Nope. None of that stuff took place right there. The, the shepherds didn't give their list of demands and say, hey, I've been waiting for God to do something about all these things. They didn't talk to him about anything. They were terrified. Church, there's so many people I, I talk to, and even some of you here in the church, talking about when things don't go well, you yell at God, you, you do those kinds of things, and you know, you got a lot more guts than I do to yell at God, but I'm just saying you should be a little more careful, and this is what God's Word says. When the glory of God showed up, they were terrified. Every time you read in Scripture, when someone comes in the presence of God, they all end up in the same place, face down. You know, we're all full of ourselves and cocky about who we think we are. But then when we get in the presence of God, it's like we recognize our nothingness and the awesomeness of who he is. Now, look, this isn't even God showing up. It's the glory of God showing up. All right. So it's the presence of God. And as it shows up, the shepherds are terrified. They're like, you know, like, what is going on here? The angel reassured them. I'm grateful for God's reassurance. I'm grateful for God's comfort and understanding of our brokenness and our lostness and our emptiness and the feeling of nothing. The angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Amen. The good news of the, the glory of God, the Savior Jesus Christ was about to come into the world. And this is what he said, the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. The good news will bring great joy to all people. Isn't that amazing? So the good news is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the promised Messiah, the Savior of the world. God said in the very beginning he was going to send forth this Savior to fix what we screwed up. Sin is what brought all brokenness into this world. Sin which is rebellion against God and disobedience. The word of God says that all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. Therefore, you and I are guilty of that sin, guilty of the brokenness. And God said, I'm going to send forth 
a Redeemer, a Savior, the Messiah, who will make things right, and it's Jesus. The whole reason we do this whole season of Christmas is to celebrate the fact that God's good to His Word, He does what He says, and He's made a way for you and I to have a relationship with Him and restore us into the rightness of God. So the good news, the good news is Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. He is the one and only church. There is no other. All right, I don't care what anybody says. It doesn't matter what we think. It doesn't matter about, you know, I have relatives. They're like, oh, there's many roads at the top of the mountain. There's not. There's only one. There's only one way to heaven. It's Jesus Christ. And we can deal with it or not. And we can try and be politically correct if we want. But I want you to know God's not politically correct. God is who he is. And he makes the statement that he is God alone. There is one way to heaven, and that's Jesus Christ. People don't like that message, and we want everybody to feel comfortable with where they are. I want you to know there is no comfort outside of Jesus. There is no hope outside of Jesus. That's why, church, you and I need to get a little more bold about our faith. We need to let people know the good news. The Savior, Jesus Christ, has come into the world, and he is their only hope. Jesus came. We know he was born of a virgin, died on the cross because God said so. He died on the cross for your sins and mine. He rose on the third day, ascended to the Father on the 40th day. On the 50th day, Jesus said he would send forth the, the promise of the Father, which is the Holy Spirit. On the day of Pentecost, which is recorded in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit fell upon the believers in the upper room. For the first time, church, since the Garden of Eden, humanity could have God living within them. <laughs> that is good news. Because church, without him, we can't live it, we can't have it, and we don't have a relationship with him. For the first time since God breathed into Adam and Eve and they became living souls, human beings could have God living in them. That is some good news right there. And it's all because of Jesus. It's because God loves us and he gave us this opportunity. So the Holy Spirit is at work in the life of the believer and he is transforming us. God's word says so. This is what the Word of God tells us in Galatians 5. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Y'all know those, right? It's the fruit of the Spirit. So a lot of Christians, we will say, I need to work on some of these things. But I want you to see something here in the Word of God. It says that the Holy Spirit produces this in us. So this isn't something you and I can develop on our own. It's not something you and I can create on our own. It is unavailable outside of God. See, because these are the things that, that these are the, um, the absolutes of who God is. And therefore, they're only available through God, through whom he is, and he produces these in us outside of God. You and I can't produce these on our own. So the Holy Spirit produces this in us. Therefore, you see that joy that we're talking about today on this third Sunday of Advent is a product of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, the Holy Spirit himself is the one who produces joy inside of the believer. Now, joy is not just a feeling or a, um, an emotion. It has that in it. We know that. You know, like when we talk about being full of joy, it's feelings and it does have happiness inside of it. And our, our English translation of the, the word itself in joy is, is something about a great feeling or pleasure. Um, you know, so that's kind of like where we get it from in our English language. 
But when you look at the scriptures and what it talks about, as we know, the Old Testament's written in Hebrew, New Testament is Greek and Aramaic. And in the translation of that word joy, the actual uh, Greek word that is used there, I'm, I don't speak Greek and I'm not trying to impress you. Just look it up online, you can have it as well. And I'm not even gonna try and pronounce it for you. This is what it says. That the word joy in the original Greek is a word that talks about cheerfulness, it is. The meaning of that word is cheerfulness or calm delight and gladness. So there's, think about that calm delight because when we think of joy, a lot of times it's exuberance, right? That outflowing, that feeling that's an expression of an emotion. But when we look into the context of Scripture, and he talks about there's this calm delight. Therefore, I can have joy in the midst of the storm. So the guy that wrote that song, It Is Well With My Soul, was not floating over the ocean and coming to the place where his wife and his children were lost. And he wasn't like out there like, you know, feeling emotional joy or happiness in the sense of, I'm happy they're gone, they're lost, they're in eternity, they're there with God, thank God, even though I'm alone. Right? The reality is he was feeling the emptiness of the loss of human relationship. But it was well with his soul, and therefore there's this calm delight, this presence of God, this hope that we have that is so much beyond this moment. So that when we say goodbye to someone that we love, when they don't survive, they don't get the good news, they do leave us here on earth without them, and they die there is still that presence that we have from the Holy Spirit producing joy within us that brings us that calm delight, that hope, that peace that only God can bring to us so that we can actually smile in the midst of brokenness. I'm not talking about laughing at the brokenness. I'm talking about what God does within us, church, because we are not like people that have no hope. We have a hope that is far beyond this life. It's something that we know that God is good to his word. See, as we look in Romans 15, this, this scripture was written like for the first three Sundays of Advent, you know, hope, peace, and joy. Listen to the verse. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Church, you hear what that just said to us? You have the hope, the joy, and the peace. Why? Because you trust in Him. Not in your current situation, not in what's going on in the world around us, but because we trust in Him. God is our hope, no matter what. So that when the words come back that it's not going to end well, when things don't go the way we want them to, God is who we hold on to and we completely trust him. There is where we have hope and joy and peace coming from because the Holy Spirit is producing that in us through the situations of our life because we trust in who God is and what he says. Church, do you trust him? Do you know that he is God and God alone? Do you know that he has your tomorrow no matter what the tomorrow holds? <laughs> We're experiencing things that we've never experienced before as a people here in the United States, us in these generations. Right now, with not only the, the COVID pandemic thing and all the other stuff that's going on, the unrest, the, the lack of supplies, telling us, hey, inflation's coming just so they can jack the prices up so you're all prepped to do it, you know? We're not gonna have this, we're not gonna have that, whatever. Do you trust God in the midst of it all? He says, hey, I got you. Put your trust in me. I am your hope. I'm your peace. I'm your joy. It can't be found anywhere else. It can't be. Well, 
This is what God's word says now. I'm going to continue reading in those verses there in Romans 15. I wasn't finished. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that awesome? Are you overflowing with hope in the midst of everything that's going on? See, when we have the Holy Spirit within us and he's producing the fruit that only God can produce in us, we should be standing out to the people around us that don't know him. We should be a people that represent him in a way that people can see the peace, the joy, the hope, all the assurances that we know in God and who he is in our life. Are you confident of him? Are you trusting him? Have you surrendered all of that stuff to him right now? He's got you, you know. He does. So the whole thing is it tells us in the word of God that it's all contingent upon us holding on to him, right? Our remaining in that relationship with God. You can't earn it on your own. You can't do it on your own. You can't possess it on your own. You don't just have it. It is a product of the relationship, right? Okay, he says those who put their confident hope, their trust in him. He's talking about that the Holy Spirit produces this in us. Therefore, everything is contingent upon the relationship that we have with God, and that relationship is only possible through Jesus Christ. So all these things tie back together, and it's the reason why we in the church need to be sharing the good news that the, the angels told us to share and told us that it's for all people, not just the select few. So we can't think that because we know Jesus, we're one of the only ones that should. God's will is for everybody in the planet to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. God's Word tells us that, that it's not willing that anyone would perish, but that everyone would come to repentance. You know the, the golden text of the Bible, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever would believe would not perish but have everlasting life. So God has a plan, and God's plan is for everyone to know Jesus. All right. So now it is the responsibility of the church, mine and your responsibility, to share this good news with the world because they don't know him and they can't know him without hearing about him. Therefore, we're called by God to share that good news and to have that joy within us so that we can share that hope that we have in Jesus Christ, which is the wellspring of the joy that we possess. It is something that God places inside of us because there's always something more that God has for us. Do you know that? Church, there's always something more that God has for us. The anticipation of Christmas is, you know, uh, magnified with kids, obviously, you know. Uh, be quite honest with you, my wife and I probably wouldn't even decorate if it wasn't that all the kids were coming over, you know. I like putting lights outside and I do it every year, but then we're in the house and we're like, yeah, okay, I guess we're going to do this. Let's power through. <laughs> Put all the decorations up and get everything ready because we know they're all coming over for Christmas and we want that to have that atmosphere and that presence because it's all about that joy that they have, you know? And they're looking at those things and love to see their faces light up when they see the gifts under the tree and all that. It's such a cool thing. You don't have that. I'm sorry, but you can have it, right? Because we're going to do a toy run this Saturday and you can see those kids' faces this week. All right, anyway, let's go back to that for a second. So what happens is there's all these gifts, the, the unknown. And what's cool about the unknown in the presence is like there's, there's fantasy in the sense in a child's mind of what it could be. 
right? There's that anticipation. There's joy. There's an expectation that something is going to happen and it's going to be something big. So I want to say that to you because, you know, I'm not a, um, on the five love languages, if y'all know what those are, uh, giving and receiving gifts is not one of my love languages that are high. We all have that, uh, but it's not in my top three of my love languages. I mean, I appreciate stuff. It's cool. Glad to have it. Rather give it. It's uh, more exciting to see everybody else's face light up and all that. Okay, but um, some people have the, the gift of giving as one of their primary love languages. And Magnum, my little nephew over here, he's one of them that has that as a primary love language. And uh, it's, it's not just the giving of the gifts, it's that anticipation. So like they lived with us, Eric and Ashley did uh, when they first moved here to Tucson for about four or five months with us. And uh, little Magnum, he's, he's a crack up because any box that came to the house, that kid was like ecstatic. Uh, Amazon package or any box that's out there and he wanted that thing open no matter what. And so he's like, hey, there's a package. There's one outside. Like, okay, buddy, I'll grab that. You know, it's not a big deal. And he's like, what is it? What is it? I'm like, Magnum, it's just something for the church. It's just some books, not a big, open it open it you know like and he wanted to get it open himself no matter what was happening see to him there was something amazing about that whatever was in there I mean I don't know what all was going on up there but even when I told him it was just like books or cups for the cafe or whatever did not matter you could not dampen his enthusiasm there was excitement and anticipation there's joy at the the opportunity that is before him and so as I was thinking about this and what God's word talks to us about, that joy that God gives to us is found in our hope in Christ, that anticipation of something that is there. The possibilities are endless. Anything in a kid's mind could fit in that box. And so as we're looking at that, God's saying, this is the way my people should be with me. We're looking in the anticipation and hope with what God has promised to us, and we completely trust in Him. And so God's like, the, the possibilities are endless with me when you put your trust in me, and I've got you. And it's like, Lord, give us that kind of joy and anticipation with who you are. So now this is what happens in my house, and I know it's probably the same in yours if you have that. At the end of the Christmas day, and whenever all the gifts are done, and all the wrappings are put to the side, the kids are like, are there any more? <laughs> nope, we're all done. Then there's this kind of let down feeling, right? Not, I don't mean that in a bad way, it's just a reality. It's like, you know, all of that anticipation, all that buildup, all that hope, now reality is here. We gotta go to work. Somebody's gotta pay the bill. We gotta go back to school. We gotta clean everything up. Everybody's gonna take down their Christmas decorations on December 26th, it's over. All right, so anyway, we pack everything up and put it away. It's like that moment where there's like, okay, all the anticipation build up. This is our flesh. See, that's what the world offers us is this letdown because there's always, you know, like, here's the reality of the world. There's like, oh, it's over but not with God. Church, not with God. As I was anticipating this and thinking about it and thinking about what God says to us as we put our trust in him, God always has 
an unwrapped gift waiting for us. There's always one. God always has one more unwrapped gift for us as we walk with Him. In anticipation and trust, in the fullness of who He is, God always has a hope for us for tomorrow that is far beyond what this world could ever offer to us because the world can't offer us what God alone can do. As Christians, we're living in this relationship with Him and God has promised that He would give to us what the world cannot give to us. No matter what we search for, no matter where we look, no matter what it is, Jesus said these words to us in John 15, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. Do you hear that, church? We're being called to remain in that relationship with Him. There is that connection with God that must remain. Listen to what He says. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Do you hear that? The life of obedience with God is what is required for us to have that right relationship, to experience the fullness of all that the Holy Spirit has to provide for you and I. That anticipation of always having a hope for tomorrow is only found in Him when we stay in relationship with Him. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in His love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Church, you and I need to be overflowing with that joy, that anticipation, that confidence that God has us and He has something for us tomorrow, no matter what is going on today. Remaining obedient to God's love, to God's commandments in relationship with Him. It's what it's all about, no matter what happens. There's things going on in life, right? It's going to happen. This is the way it is. Sorry, but things are going on, and they're going to continue to go on. And you and I are going to come to the end of the journey in this life. Whenever that is, however that happens, but there will always be a hope in Jesus Christ for you and I. That's what brings us joy, and the world can't understand it. Now, a while back, we were talking about Nehemiah. Um, been a long time now. We went through a series of messages through Nehemiah. is one of my heroes of the Old Testament. The people of Israel had gone into captivity because they had stopped following God's ways. They'd stopped being in relationship with them, stopped being obedient. And God says in his word, like, hey, if you don't do what I say, I will cut you off. You're going to have consequences. They happened. He spoke to the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah tells the people, like, if we don't repent, God's judgment's coming. We're to be taken, destroyed, and taken into captivity. It happened. God promised them that after seven years, he would revisit them and call them back. So the people in captivity are given a message from God and hope to the king. They're allowed to return to Jerusalem. They are rebuilding the wall with Nehemiah leading the way. Nehemiah... Uh, works with the people and in 52 days they rebuild the whole wall and gates of the city of Jerusalem it's a miracle now the people assemble together and this is what God's word tells us about that assembly that took place right there now listen here's what's going on Nehemiah steps up Ezra the scribe and the priest is standing next to him and the Levites which were all the ministers of the of the temple of God are with the people and they begin to read God's word to them this is what we read in Nehemiah chapter 8. They read from the book of the law of God and clearly explained the meaning of what was being read, helping the people understand each passage. Now, before I read any further, remember this. These were people that had been in captivity. They had not been accessed or given access to the temple. It had been destroyed. 
They had not had their sacrificial systems in place. They had not grown up learning the law of God. They were living in a place of captivity as a result of their not following God's ways. Therefore, they are hearing what God had to say to them right now and about what he requires to have a relationship with him. So they're hearing these things and things are being explained to them. Uh, I don't, this is not a disrespectful thing to y'all that are listening to me right now, but it's kind of like I'm giving a message about Jesus, hope, peace, what the Holy Spirit produces, kind of like explaining the passage. That's what's happening here. They're saying, this is what God requires. This is what's happening. This is what that means. And they're going on down through. So I'm going to keep reading now. Helping the people understand each passage. Then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who were interpreting for the people said to them, don't mourn or weep on such a day as this. For today is a sacred day before the Lord your God. For the people had all been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. So this is what's going on, man. They're hearing what God says. They were hearing about what God said he would do for them or against them. And their hearts were broken when they saw the brokenness of their culture the society around them, the shambles that their families had come into. They were looking at the brokenness of their nation. The political system was a mess. Everything was all jacked up around them. Sound familiar? Church, they were like, what in the world? No wonder we're so messed up. We're not doing anything God said we had to do. And so the people are crying and they're hearing this. And they're like, oh my God, we're in trouble. That's what's happening right here. Listen now. And Nehemiah continued, Go and celebrate with a feast of rich foods and sweet drinks and share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. This is a sacred day before our Lord. Don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Church, there was a great message of hope. Listen, and the, the Levites too quieted the people telling them, hush, don't weep, for this is a sacred day. They're like, hey, this is good news. It's not bad news. Yes, everything's a mess. Yes, we've reaped the consequences of brokenness in our culture, our families, and our nation. Yes, there is brokenness all around us. And you could look at that and get pretty depressed. And you're going to be crying out and saying, we're doomed. But you know what the message was? Hey, stop. You're hearing it. You get it. You understand. This is the day instead that we need to go out and celebrate the God that we know, the God of mercy, the God who is reaching out to us in this moment and saying, I am your hope. I am your answer. Church, we in the church need to go out there and share this good news with people who are completely hopeless this Christmas season. They don't have a hope. They don't have peace. They don't have joy. They're lost out there. And they think that somebody else is going to provide the answer. There is only one answer. And we know Him. Church, we've got to stop getting depressed about the brokenness of what's going on in the world around us and begin to celebrate the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen? Yeah. We can choose to do that if we want to. You can go out there and listen to all the depressing facts and all that stuff that you want, or you can go and share the good news of Jesus Christ. Isn't that awesome? I love God's word. He's so good, man. He is so good. I want to, I want to read this last verse to you here in, in Nehemiah. This is uh, verse number 12, by the way. 
So the, the word is, hey, go and celebrate. Quit your whining. Not whining, you know what I mean. Quit your crying. Quit looking at the bad. Yep, you're screwed up. Yes, we're a mess. No doubt about that. Yeah, our nation is jacked up. Everything out there is a mess, church. It is. Okay, so what are we going to do about it? This is what God says. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? Do you know who I am? Do you trust me? Have you put your hope in me? Are you looking somewhere else? We need to refocus everything that we have going on and where we're at. Listen, the revelation of God's promises are real. We have them. If there's a people today that should be rejoicing in the midst of all this stupidness, it should be us. And so church, we need to celebrate this Advent season like never before. Seriously, I'm praying and I ask you to join me and I'm still, I'm gonna remind you of this, that I am praying and asking God for a miracle this Advent season in our families. The miracle of healing, the miracle of hope that is found in Jesus Christ. Now that's gonna require me and you to be a little bit more bold with our faith, with our family. Who cares if they don't wanna hear it? It's the good news. It's all about Jesus. They need to hear it, but they need to do more than just hear it from us. We need to be living it. Our celebration should be about Jesus. And this is what the word of God tells us. My last verse, I did say I was gonna read that. We're almost done. You guys know we got out early the last service. You will too, you ready? <laughs> so the people went away to eat and drink at a festive meal to share gifts of food and to celebrate with great joy because they had heard God's word and understood them. <laughs> yeah, if you have any reason to get out of here and celebrate, it's the good news of Jesus Christ. And if you get it and you know it and you've got it, you should be celebrating. And you need to go out there and cause people around you to celebrate with you. The reason is Jesus. It has to be. And that's what we're called to share with people. And we should be overflowing with that joy because we trust him. Do you know God's word? Do you know his promises? Do you know Jesus? Church, do you know him? If you know him, you should be rejoicing. You should be celebrating this Christmas like no other Christmas. Seriously. The people around you should know you're having a celebration and it's because of him. Not because of the iPhone 13 or whatever other thing you're getting. It's about Jesus Christ, man. Seriously, let's refocus on what it's all about and share that with everyone around you. I hope you get a 13. That's fine. I don't care. It's not about that. I'm just talking about the fact that there's joy in Jesus Christ alone. All that stuff's passing. It messes up and it falls apart. Pretty soon your battery's dead. What are you going to do? You know? <laughs> Choose, man. Choose this day. What are you going to do? You're going to overflow with the joy of Jesus Christ? Are you going to look to the world to supply you with your latest emotional high? Well, I mean, it's up to us, man. And I, I just want to encourage you to go out there and share this with your family and friends, please. It just allow the Spirit of God to so fill you with the hope of Jesus this season that you can't help but share it with them. Would you do that? Get out of here and go and do it. God bless you. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> We're done. <laughs> Thanks for being here. The altar's open. I'm just messing with you. Have a good one. God bless you today. Awesome, God. Thank you, God. You're awesome. <laughs>